I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu, and this is our latest episode where we look at some of the most recent news stories from around the world of film and television. In today's show, we have our first look at Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, Dave Bautista and Jason Momoa team up, the original Blue Ranger David Yoast will be back again, and it seems that physical media does still matter. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film's Due Podcast. So, Luke, how about you kick things off? What is our first movie topic? The first teaser has been released for Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Interestingly, released on the same day as the two-part season premiere of Ahsoka, and in this trailer for Rebel Moon, you see what look like lightsabers. Very bold <laughs> of Snyder to drop this teaser same day as Ahsoka because we're not just seeing red blades. Towards the end of the trailer, we're seeing a blue blade. And keep in mind, for a time, Snyder was going to direct his own Star Wars. And if you think back to George Lucas, he wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie. Couldn't get the rights, so he did Star Wars. Snyder was going to do Star Wars, didn't work out, so now he's doing Rebel Moon. I'm going to say this. Looks good. Looks like Star Wars. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's it's kind of like... I mean, look, there's a, there's a huge Star Wars vibe, but also kind of other stuff as well, like other sci-fi, like big things that you've seen, you know, like, like watching... I mean, look, Zack Snyder's filmmaking style and his visuals... They're there. Certain shots, the way some of the special effects seem to be done, the way some characters are moving. Like, I'm like, oh man, like I'm getting some, you know, Man of Steel vibes with certain things, or you know, BVS. And then I'm also going to other things that he's done previously. But um, like I'm watching this, like, yeah, look, you've got the Star Wars vibe, but then I'm also like, you know what? I'm getting kind of like, you know, Dune and like the Fifth Element and just other kind of like spunky. Let's call it like spunky sci-fi you know a bit of blade runner a bit of this like you know dystopian future but then there's like some cool action scenes and like again characters are doing things it's glowing sticks I wonder what they they are like i'll be honest I'm, I'm watching this and i feel like i'm when watching this like actual movie from this trail I, I just get this idea that i'm going to watch the movie and have no idea what the hell is going on <laughs> that's just that's just me because i feel like sometimes when a movie does get like too heavy sci-fi too wacky it all it might just be a jumble mess and i know Zack snyder likes to you know it's all visual flair and stuff but sometimes his storytelling isn't always the best so i'm already bringing some preconceived things yeah which isn't necessarily fair it's not fair but i is watch this trailer and i'm like yeah, he's a visual storyteller, isn't he? And that's, you know, yeah. if you look at a movie like Sucker Punch, and there's yes. certain moments in this trailer I was thinking Sucker Punch, but I'm interested. Mm -hmm. We've got release dates as well. So part one, oh, not just release dates, titles. So part one is A Child of Fire. We're getting that December 22nd this year. And part two, The Scar Giver, comes out next year, April 19th. So that's pretty cool. There's a fairly quick turnaround between parts one and part two. 
so these are two movies, right? Like two movie length things, both dropping on Netflix. Like yeah, so it's Rebel Netflix, Moon. You get these movies. Part one I, and part two. This yeah. is the type of this is the type of movie and the type of movie trailer that I would look at and go. And again, like and again, this isn't necessarily fair because you know, like original content and stuff is, you know, is great, and we should be going to see it as much as possible. But this is something where, like, if I saw a trailer for this and this was like a movie coming soon to the big screen in cinemas, I would be putting money on the fact that this movie flops. I'm just saying, like, it's 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 just one of those big sci-fi things there's not much story in this trailer and look the next trailer we watch might show a little bit more of what actually is is going on but i just get that vibe that i'm like i just and i know i'm being very negative about how you are looks. <laughs> i am i am i get the impression i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it but i'm just like yeah this trailer just didn't capture like like give me a reason to watch this except for hey this is kind of like spunky star wars i'm like okay and it's on netflix i get the impression (laughs) there's going to be a lot of story that's not in this trailer and the cast Mm -hmm. as well like it's got a really big cast i mean they almost hide charlie hunnam in this trailer like you you get towards like the midpoint (laughs) about halfway through the trailer you see him one time then he goes away and he comes back towards the end like yeah he's Mm -hmm. absolutely in this movie but is this trailer just for part one or part two? Who knows? But, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, true. Because, um, I mean, to be fair, they, they do list both titles and both release dates. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be essentially a four-hour movie released in two parts, maybe longer, maybe longer. Mm. I said, like, it could be a six-hour movie, two parts, three hours a piece. And it's Netflix, it's streaming, so it's like, yeah, three-hour movie, boom, done. Like, can happen. Oh, well. I'll try and be more positive when the second trail comes out for it. Um, Steve Buscemi joins John Cena, uh, Lil Rel Howery, Meredith Hagner, and Yvonne Orji in the new trailer for Vacation Friends 2. Now, remind me, I remember watching this movie, but I don't actually remember if I liked it or not. Did I like it? Do you remember what I said? You know, we just reviewed Strays, and you said towards <laughs> the end of that review... Yes. This could be the kind of film that I enjoy, but maybe I just forget. And I'm like, how is that a thing? Well, it clearly is a thing for you because Vacation Friends. Yep, we watched it. We reviewed it. And it was good. It was a good movie, but never in a million years that I think, I wonder if we'll get a sequel. But we yeah, are. I mean, it's, it's streaming. Do you know what? It's funny. I did enjoy exact, it. I enjoyed it. That exact topic that we were talking about, like, oh, where are these adult, like, when were the last adult comedy? John Cena is the key to that. Because I'm now going train wreck. I know you weren't a fan, but train wreck, um, blockers. Like, yes, there blockers. Adult, there have been adult comedies. We just kind of forgot about them. <laughs> They've been out there. But anyway. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I, I think I like that. Like, I, I don't know. I can't. I honestly can't remember. And that's that type of movie. Why the hell are we getting a sequel for it? And then I'm not going to lie. I didn't really laugh at anything that was happening in this trailer. Like, I'm like, it seems like the same sort of antics. There's a baby now. There's a few extra characters. This movie, this trailer didn't do anything to make me go, yeah, you want to be watching Vacation Friends too? Like, All right. I know you're going to make me watch it, but I... Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We get it on Disney+. Plus. Yep, we will be reviewing it. If I if I still had freedom in my life, 
I mean, again, like this trailer doesn't make me go, yeah, I'm going to put that up. It just didn't. Did it do? Did this look fun for you? I think it looks fine. I feel like <laughs> fine. Yeah, it looks fine. <laughs> We've had that first movie ahead of that first movie. I was really looking forward to it. And no doubt I'll watch this and enjoy it, but we've kind of, we've had the shock of the characters the first time around. And you're right, there's other elements that are going to shake their lives up. But yeah, but I'm, I'm here for it. I'll, um, I'll be checking it out. And as you say, we will more than likely review it. It's just that thing. Like that first one, you had the two couples and obviously the clash between them. But by the end, that's like they legitimately were. You know, like they they found peace with each other. So it's like to revisit that, and again, obviously they're going to have to drop some sort of bomb to destroy to shake things up. Yeah, shake things up. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's how sequels work, I guess. Taken director Pierre Morel is turning his lens to action comedies with latest film Freelance. This is a film I had no idea was a thing. Caught me by surprise. Alison Brie stars as a washed-up journalist who travels to Colombia for a high-profile interview with a local dictator. She hires a private security guard, get this, played by John Cena. He's there to protect her while abroad. Yet, of course, things go horribly wrong and the duo are on the run. More Cena. There you go. (laughs) He's busy. I mean... Yeah, that's that's true. Like he's he's doing so. And look, I'm happy with the guy. Like I enjoy him. He's he's actually quite a delight to to see on screen doing things. Um, the look the the interesting thing here is the Pierre Pierre Morel, you know, taking a dab in the in the comedy. I mean, still obviously in the action realm, which could be very interesting. Like we get genuinely like high quality action film with the comedy thrown in. So ah, look, the premise sounds pretty simple, like nothing to it's sort of like, ah, look, this is the situation, things go wrong. It looks funny, Characters looks are, effective. Are You've got Cena, it's got weapons, hand-to-hand combat, Alison Brie looking startled. You no, know, it looks it looks fun, but again, like I had no idea this was a thing. And as first saw the poster, <laughs> then the trailer, I thought, oh wow. But John Cena, can I ask, have you watched Hidden Strike? John Cena, Jackie Chan. It's on Netflix. No, I haven't. No, I th- you watched that recently, didn't you? Awful. Oh, wow, there you go. All right. I, I just <laughs> I, I couldn't quite wrap my head around the fact that I wasn't enjoying it. Because I'm like, this seems made for me. Jackie Chan and John Cena. Are you kidding? And no. That's unfortunate. That's no, that's no good. But, well, speaking of like little duos on screen, Dave Batista. Jason Momoa, you want to see them together? They're set to star in the body action film from Blue Beetle director Angel Manuel Soto titled The Wrecking Crew. Well, okay then. Yeah, cool. I mean, look. I like both those guys. Yeah, we do. I like Batista, like Momoa. I mean, I'm still on a come down from Momoa's performance in Fast X, you know, where he went full Joker in that movie. And ah, Blue Beetle, bit of a sore point. We're still waiting for it. We have to wait until the middle of September. It's not the director's fault, I understand. <laughs> we still have to wait for that movie. I look, we've heard things. And you know what? To be fair, the things we've heard, 
not necessarily bad, but it's not doing great box office wise. But do you know what? That's more of the DC like world at the moment. It's, baggage, yeah, and yeah. Again, it's baggage. It's baggage. It's baggage. But yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write off this director because again, I think we're hearing some positive things about Blue Beetle. So at that point with this, with with Soto, like. Yeah, no, like, okay. Ah, look, we've got no context there. We haven't seen that movie. We haven't. Was, I'm pretty sure it was Soto that was saying he wanted to cast Batista in a Bane movie, or at least cast Batista as Bane mm. in a movie. I mean, you have to take on a well, another DC movie, I guess, to do that. But, <laughs> but again, that could happen. still waiting on Blue Beetle. We'll continue to wait patiently, not just for Blue Beetle, but for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Do you know what? I've lived in Australia now for 15 years, and this lag that we're getting with movies hasn't happened in the last 15 years, and now it's happening, and it's upsetting. Yeah. Now we're having to wait months or a month (laughs) for a movie that the UK has, Australia, uh, not Australia, we don't have it, America has, and we're we're still waiting. I, I mean... I think the only reference I have of that happening in recent times has been in like kid oriented movies, but I'm talking like really. But like, school holidays, like, though. They pair it yeah, with the school that's holidays. The it's holidays, but it's really like this kid. And okay, yeah, Ninja Turtles, as annoying as, as it is, but I think it had wider appeal that it could have landed and then still had a big pop school holidays. Uh, with Blue Beetle, again, like younger audience, but why? Why is that? It's still a tentpole comic book movie. Ah, ridiculous. Anyway. The first key art and image for the Toxic Avenger reboot starring Peter Dinklage, Jacob Tremblay, Taylor Page, Elijah Wood, and Kevin Bacon has been released. It's uh, the character Toxie in silhouette, but you see the glow on his mop. Trailer should be coming soon. Now, what do you know? Of this character, I'm pretty sure Toxic Avenger is as old as I am. 1984, I think that first trauma movie came out. Yeah, look, I'll be honest. I like I know of the Toxic Avengers, and I've seen you know like the the animated versions of of the characters, like like visually. But um, I'll be lying if I said I was familiar with them. If I could name any of the characters, like I just I just don't know them. I don't. So, I, yeah, I'm just not familiar with them. So you got that first live-action movie. I think they made four in total, and the films take place in Tromaville. The animated series came out, I think, in 91. Only ran for one season, 13 episodes. All episodes are available on Tubi, stream for free. That was Toxic Crusaders. Right. I loved that cartoon as a kid. I had the action figures. The movie, though is a different thing altogether. On the back of this news, I started watching the first Toxic Avenger movie. I had to turn it off. It's just too <laughs> just too mean-spirited, just too violent. Like there's a kid that gets knocked off his bike and this and these guys stomp on his head and his head squashes like a like a melon. I'm like, oh this is just too too much. So Turned it off, but I'm curious about the reboot and that cast. I mean, you've got Peter Dinklage as the Toxic Avenger, and I'm assuming you're going to have Kevin Baker maybe as the villain, but it's a 
franchise that I thought would never see the light of day again. But here we are. But going back to Toxic Crusaders in the 90s, Marvel Comics published Toxic Crusader books. It was a big Ooh. thing. It was a thing. Yeah, it is. Man, I can I can already anticipate all of the the sounds like comics coverings of. I mean, oh, are you going to revisit well, that first one again, or? I turned it off, but I am I'm contemplating <laughs> if I'm honest. Toxic Crusaders, the animated series. Yeah. I might do that because I wouldn't mind going back and revisiting that. And again, it's just one season, thirteen episodes. And all on Tubi as well. Yeah, yep, all free available to stream for free. Yeah, Dragon Tubi would send us fruit. Send us fruit. Uh, well, look, that's it for for our big stories. But we've got a few minor uh, movie stories to still get through. Um, and we've got our. It's a short one, but it's a new trailer for Good Burger Two. This is the sequel to the iconic '90s film. Dex and Ed reunite in the present day at the fast food restaurant with a hilarious new group of employees. At least that's what the synopsis says. Yeah, so that... far, so... <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, I think I mean... that's I think that's lifted from the press release. Hilarious group <laughs> yes. of employees. Um, they they look like a lovely bunch. I'm not knocking them. Uh, look, this is brief. This is what 46 seconds, if that. I think half, it's very brief. It's very brief. Seconds but... of that is is like the end of the YouTube clip. But <laughs> but you know what? I I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Like in the 90s, grew up, you know, Nickelodeon kid. Mm-hmm. watching Keenan and Kel when this movie came out it was like the best thing I got it on VHS watched the hell out of it my first Good Burger movie I'm a fan and, and I can't believe all these years later they've, they've made Good Burger 2 and it's hitting Paramount Plus so that's uh, that's excellent I've got access to it <laughs> but I just again I can't believe it I can't believe they made a sequel to, to Good Burger and I keep trying to show my kids and they're just not bothered in Good yeah. Burger, the first movie. So I'm thinking what I might do instead, put on the first episode of Keenan and Kel, because all episodes are on Paramount Plus. Maybe I can get that, would them probably, that way. I think that would probably work better. I think you get small doses and I think it just highlights their sort of comedy and it's a little bit more just like snapshots of, of things. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It'll work better. And but, that, I mean, in that they are Keenan and Kel, and in this, it wasn't until like, you just listen to you go through the description. Dex and Ed, oh yeah, they are playing different characters. <laughs> They're not playing Keenan and Kel. I mean, they do say it in the trade. They say their names, and it's like, yeah, yeah all right. But you know, like this is like I, I get like I've just got this fear. You know, when something from from yesteryear, from back in our days, or even your your days, um, something that you loved, and obviously you have such love. Poor Good Burger. When when it comes back many years later, think of other properties that have done the same thing. You've loved that first one. It's come back in this modern age, maybe even a direct-to-streaming movie. Oh, that's what this sequel, is. And they haven't <laughs> been great. It it does keep happening. It, I get it. Be one of those, yeah. But this, this is something, for me, that this is just, this is something... This is different, honestly. Like me and my how was this different? Me and how my mates at school, like <laughs> Kaden and Kelly, it was such a touchstone. Like we loved it. Like just it was such a big thing. Like, and then when the movie came out, so I'm you know, and even now I can watch the movie and enjoy it. But at the same time, it's you know, it's a PG, it's a kids' movie, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. 
But it's just those guys together and, you know, Keenan Thompson, you know, Keenan Thompson, I'm pretty sure, like, because he's still on Saturday Night Live and he's the longest serving cast member ever. And he's still there. And he's still going. And Kel Mitchell, he's gone. I mean, he was in Mystery Men and he's done some other smaller things, but he's not as prominent, you know, in front of the camera as Keenan is. But it's going to be so good seeing them together again and just playing. Again, I, I did think they were Keenan and Kel, but no, Dex and Ed. Just seeing them <laughs> back as Dex and Ed. I'm, honestly, I'm looking forward to this one. Right, we can be hopeful. We can be hopeful. Prey, Hulu's acclaimed Predator prequel, is getting a 4K, Blu-ray and DVD release more than a year after it debuted on the streaming platform. Now, this could even be a first for us. We don't normally talk about DVD or Blu-ray releases, but I thought it relevant because people have been asking for a home release or 4K, whatever release of Prey for the longest time. And now it's finally happening. But unfortunately for us here in Australia, it's three to four weeks after Disney stopped all physical media distribution in Australia. So just in time for it to stop for us, the announced home release. And it is very disappointing. And just got to say, physical media still matters. And elsewhere in the world, they're getting access to it. And to be honest, we could also have access, like if you want to pay $100 for a US import, <laughs> you can do that. But you can't just walk into JB Hi-Fi and yeah. buy Prey here in Australia. It's very, very disappointing. It's, I mean, the whole the whole situation with Disney in Australia and then, you know, stopping, you know, that, is Australia, is it Region 4? Like, what is the, what's the deal? Whatever the, the deal is. The fact that I'm not getting them is it's, it's frustrating, especially for those that still have physical media, want to continue to collect certain titles on DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, whatever. I bought a bloody DVD today. It was, I was in Big W, it was half price, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm picking that up. All right, done. Um, yeah, like having like being able to pick up Prey, like that would have been one that I, I would grab. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not up to actually purchasing, you know, 4K stuff at this point in time like i'm still happy with just blu-rays like I'm, I'm good with that like i'm I'm not a nut yet but but i mean i imagine this would have come with i mean yeah like you said blu-ray dvd like it's all it's all there i would have picked up the blu-ray and special yeah, features fun audio commentaries you know things that aren't available on disney plus yeah like i mean like disney plus is is one of the at least like with a bit of their content, they were dabbling in a bit of, hey, look, there are some special features that we've put on the streaming service and deleted scenes and stuff. But look, it's it's just, it's not the same. All the stuff that went into like, oh, look, you can get some cheap, you know, produced DVDs, Blu-rays and stuff. But, you know, sometimes when like a collector's set, nice packaging, you know, the, the bonus features that come with it, behind the scenes feature featurettes, just bonus content commentary like there was something to certain movies that really worked and uh, yeah i don't know it's just it's sad absolutely it's really sad. i mean i remember like in college getting a dvd box set of the first evil dead film and it was a replica of the book of oh, the dead oh. you know things like yeah. that yeah I, you know they, yeah. they still do like it sometimes but they used to do that 
a lot more. And DVD menus used to put more effort into those. Like <laughs> Wayne's World, I watched on DVD a couple of weeks ago, and the DVD menu is set up like a TV guide. It is excellent. That's, that's it is good. excellent. Yeah. But anyway, we've got more Disney news. Insult to injury. Disney have confirmed that Loki Season 1, WandaVision, and Seasons 1 and 2 of The Mandalorian will be available in Collector's Edition 4K, UHD, and Blu-ray, featuring steelbook packaging, concept art cards, and bonus features. Bloody hell, Disney. <laughs> but I know we've I mean, got look, access of- on Disney+, Plus, <laughs> but it's the... <laughs> It's the concept art cards. It's the steelbook packaging. That's the kind of thing you know, that gets you know what it is. excited. Out of all the Disney stuff, like let's be like, I mean, the Star Wars, the Marvel. I mean, obviously, like the Disney, like films, live action, animation, whatever, Pixar, all that kind of stuff. It's it's all sad across the board. But my MCU collection on Blu-ray, like literally, I've got them all up until Thor: Love and Thunder for some reason. Like I've, I've got them. And it's always kind of irked me that I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I could get WandaVision and sort of slot that in somewhere. I wish I could get Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki. Even though, you know, I've, I've been the biggest, like, a bitch about the MCU shows, but especially WandaVision, fantastic. Just amazing. Just an amazing piece of television. I would love to have that as a part of my MCU collection. And now I'm being robbed of it. But give me the opportunity to have it but also at the same time not and that pisses me off so much you know early in the mcu i was all in ages of shield season one blu-ray yes please i've still got it in my <laughs> in my collection i mean back then i was i was dead set like oh because of my mcu thing maybe i should get agents of shield on blu-ray maybe i should get daredevil on blu-ray jessica jones or like i didn't and I guess I'm kind of glad because obviously it's kind of like it's not MCU proper as such. It wasn't Marvel Studios, so I, I I don't have them. But but these MCU proper ones, like uh, I don't know, I want like I just want physical copies. I want to touch it, hold it in my hand. I know it's, it's a hard life I live, but <laughs> it's it, I don't know. It's shitty. It's shitty. Disney, what the hell? It is. You and keep your fruit, you bastards. Australia is ground zero. <laughs> The starting of Australia, and then I guess they're going to see what happens and go from there. Yeah, no, well, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna globally gloat about our country, but I mean, like we're part of like the big three, right? US, UK, Australia. Like in terms of film distribution, obviously you've got other territories, you know, all, like countries around Europe and Asia and stuff. But we're a big component of yeah cinema and stuff, right? Yeah, so. They're probably like we're probably the lesser of the big three. So I mean, if they were to pick us to get true results of how it's handled, what the results? I mean, yeah. I mean, it I wouldn't be it. happening without Starting Disney up, Plus. But... So it's like I feel like we're part of an experiment. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to look at seeing if there's an increase in subscribers. I mean, there's talks of like password locking. You know, not sharing outside of households. You know, a thing that Netflix has done. I think they're looking at pushing Australia more towards streaming, but I guess we'll... Yeah, I mean, streaming as a whole, like, across every every streaming that's gone, I mean, the landscape will be changing. I think we've hit sort of like that that end of the road of, yeah, streaming is this wonderful thing. Prices are going to be going up. Like you said, not just Netflix, but crackdowns on the 
on the password sharing, all sorts of type of content that we're getting will start to change. I think they yeah. are real in what they spend. And this not just Disney, all of them, how that affects physical media. Like it's all going to, I don't know, I think we're just at the beginning of, it's going to sound very dramatic, but the next frontier of, of streaming. Yeah, it's no, all, no, it's all I, crazy. I agree, it's but all... unfortunately you, you can't just rely on streaming. And that's why I was saying, you know, physical media mm-hmm. still matters. Like, I mean, you know that I've been going through a rewatch of all the Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. I did The Last Night, still the worst one. Go up to Bumblebee. <laughs> now, I've got Netflix, Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus, Binge. Bumblebee isn't streaming. And the, the thing that surprises me, Paramount Plus, how is it not on there? But anyway... You think if a Paramount <laughs> movie was going to be anywhere, it was going to be like me plus. to drop off my Blu-ray of it. I mean, like again, stuck, <laughs> but the thing is, though, ask me, I'll I'll hook you up. <laughs> but it was available, and I finally yeah, and it's, anyway. It's... <laughs> it's frustrating, man. Like we should just do like a streaming special where we just we just go through our feelings. We just. <laughs> I think we need to move but... on. I've kind of, let let's do TV news because I've kind of started TV already. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I guess I'll kick us off. That seems like the fair thing to do. Um, the Scott Pilgrim anime series, now named Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, hits Netflix on November 17th, and we've got our first look at images from the show. And it looks just like the, the original comics, the artwork. We know the cast from the Edgar Wright movie is coming back. So I'm not normally an anime guy, you know this, but I'm very much interested in this one. Yeah, look, I mean, you're right. I think because it it, it does lift that design from the original, like, comics, that style, with the addition of the the voices that we're familiar with, of the, of the actors from of the movie, kind of makes this kind of fun and gives it a, a bit of extra weight in terms of its, like, legitimacy you know, if you are a fan of of that movie, Edgar Wright's on board with, you know, like doing stuff with this. The anime style, like, is it? It looks kind of cool, and it's very fitting of, you know, again that movie. And and if this is gonna have a bit of a flavor that's very in line with that film, like the anime style and the wackiness. Scott Pilgrim versus the World was pretty much a live action anime without having the anime precede it. Like, it's, it, it's, 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 yeah, pretty much right at home for it. David Youst is returning to Power Rangers for Cosmic Fury. Although Youst returned as Billy Cranston earlier this year for Once and Always, this is his first return to a Power Rangers TV series since Zeo. And Cosmic Fury will begin streaming on Netflix September 29th. And this is the last. Is this the last? I was thinking, is this the last or the first? No, it is, isn't it? This is the last Power Rangers show. And then they're going to hit the reset and they're going to start it all again. That's yeah. I mean, I, I believe that's correct because that's that's happening. I mean, unless this is like the second last or something, but it, it's. The, I think this the is the last. I think, yeah. yeah. This is where it's gonna, is such a big deal. It confused me a little bit because it's ending on Netflix, but the new Power Rangers show will also be on Netflix. But I guess you know Netflix have already already got the rights. But 
you know, we both really well, enjoyed. We both really enjoyed once and always. You know, that was great. And having mm-hmm. David Yaus back in that as the Blue Ranger was was fantastic. And yeah, just to have him be a main character in the final send off Power Rangers is going to be pretty cool. Wait. I mean, he might. I mean, obviously, he was. He did have Ranger powers in in that once and always special. I can kind of see him. And look, I'm sure he will suit up in this because I feel like they'll do it because it'll be great. I do feel like for the majority of the show that he will act as sort of that as advisory type role, similar to where he sort of ended off, like with. I think so too. I'm not sure if it was prior to Zero Zero or pretty much all of Zero. Where well, he was like the. The man in the chair. That's what he was in the yeah. uh, He was giving advice, instructions, all of that. Yeah, I, I think that's what he's going to do as well. But I guess mm-hmm. for the fans, even if they just do it once, like him once and always, get him to suit up again. Um, but do you know what this means? I think, look, September 29 is essentially when Billy Cranston is coming back. The last time he was in a TV series was Power Rangers Zeo. I think that's our deadline to do that show <laughs> yes yes <laughs> honestly i think about it most days <laughs> to finally watch you wake up you wake up the morning you're like i need to watch power rangers zero for the first time and for us to do an episode of sounds like comics and you're right and then when cosmic fury comes out we'll give uh, power rangers a proper proper send-off there we go just in time to watch Turbo. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's not time to shift into Turbo. <laughs> Can we at least do the Turbo movie? Oh, Could do maybe. All right, done. Kelsey Grammer <laughs> is returning to his iconic comedy role as Fraser Crane after 19 years. Uh, we've got first look photos. We got a premiere date of October 12th on Paramount Plus. We also got a little teaser trailer. We did, well, yeah. Which essentially is it's it's pretty much like the opening credits, but it is, but they've changed it up and yeah, there's it's it's him singing now, not then. So there's it's clearly new oh, audio, it sounds well, older. Yeah. Oh man, I used to love and he has re-entered the building. <laughs> he it. has I used to love Frasier and for the longest time didn't know it was a spin-off from Cheers. I just watched it as its own <laughs> show. I really There's, enjoyed it. It's like it's on that list of like you know how like spinoffs are always shit. Like, but there's a handful of spinoffs that have just that are just amazing. You know, like NCIS, Frasier. Yeah, NCIS is spinoff. I don't know like, from Jack. Like, Do you know what? Jack. Do you know what spinoff really spun me out when I found out that Mork and Mindy was a spinoff from Happy Days? Happy Days. That is crazy. <laughs> what was going on back in the day? Sitcoms yeah. where oh. Mork from Ork. <laughs> is it which which way did it go? Melrose Place was a spinoff of Beverly Hills One Hundred Two No Was it? The oh, is that around? right? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't I know. know that one. I'm pretty sure that's correct. I hope I'm not wrong. I think that's accurate. Anyway. I mean, if I'm honest, it sounds wrong. But if it's right, I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> it right. I didn't know it. But um, <laughs> anyway, Frasier, if you look at what Kelsey Grammer has done lately, I like him. You know, Frasier and other things. Beast in X Men, <laughs> Down Periscope. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, it was in the Transformers <laughs> movie. What else has he done? I'm oh scrambling. My God, he's done. 
he's done so many other great things. I just can't. Think. He's but so he's also um, <laughs> he's done so things <laughs> of late that aren't great. If if we're sure. going to be honest, right? Like that. So I think <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to be good for him, and hopefully yeah. good for us, the audience, if they're going to put together a good show. But we've not got like Frasier wasn't just good because of Frasier. It was the supporting characters like this revival. There's no Niles, you know. There's there's going to be some of those favorite elements no that Niles? are missing. There's no Niles. He's got a new new supporting cast, right? Oh. He's moving cities. He's no longer in Seattle. That's why the logo is changed towards the end right. of the teaser. But he's reunited with a friend from England. And it's, he's played by Nicholas Lindhurst, who is a favourite of mine. My favourite number one UK comedy of all time is Only Fools and Horses. Nicholas Lindhurst, Rodney Trotter, love that show. So I'm really happy to see Nicholas Lindhurst join the show, but I'm just very aware that a lot of the elements that I do enjoy about Frasier are not here. But that, I'm optimistic, and Frasier himself is here. And, you know, when he was in Cheers, it was just Kelsey Grammer who appeared as Frasier, and then he went over, he got his own show, and the supporting characters were all new, just like we're getting with these two right. again. So I'm optimistic. Yeah, and, he, and his dad came back from the dead. It was crazy. Like, bit of bit of Cheers trivia for you. Ah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, but, um, but yeah. Talked, well, he mentioned his, his dead father a couple of times in the Frasier show. He has a dad. It's wild. Anyway. The new Apple TV Plus series, Monarch Legacy of the Monsters, will focus on Army Officer Lee Shaw during two points in his life. Wyatt Russell will play Shaw during the 1950s, while Kurt Russell will play the character in modern day. This is genius. This is going to save them <laughs> so much money on digitally de-aging Kurt Russell. All actors should have this. Yeah. The son who also works <laughs> in the... In the industry. I mean, we've talked about this show before on the podcast. This is part of the MonsterVerse. So it is connected to Kong Skull Island, Godzilla, all of those films. Yeah, when when nepotism is just convenient. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we've got some... You know, we've got some first look photos as well, and you're looking at, you know, this character at two points in his life. One's Kurt Russell, one's White Russell, and you're like, do you know what? I can see the likeness. <laughs> Good no, casting. It's almost like they're alive. No, I mean, I, I did hear that they were gonna like they were gonna be in the show. Didn't know the characters. I mean, I was. I mean, the first thought went to they'd be playing father and son. That kind of makes sense. But when you think about it, of course, like if this now we have to bear in mind, even though there's a fantastic image of like Godzilla, and it's just like, yeah, sweet, like that actually looks pretty decent. And I'll get to that in a sec, but. The title of this show is Monarch, Legacy of the Monsters. Like Monarch, that company, that organization, that agency, whatever the hell it's referred to as. You know, they you go it's like Kong Skull Island, like that was set in the past. Then you've got the more modern, you know, like the organization doing stuff in modern times. This is a good way to explore things that was that were happening in the early days as these monsters were being but I guess discovered or at least Monarch was dealing with them and then have the, you've got the two different timelines. Like I love it. You get to, we'll be able to get some period piece stuff, some modern day things. Um, it makes sense. And look, Apple TV, 
they're one of the very few streamers that have just an abundance of money to just throw at things. You look at some of these images that have released for this, and you scratch your head going, holy shit, this is a TV show? Bear in mind, like, we haven't seen footage or anything yet, but I'm like, you look at these still images, it's just like, wow, when we... And look, I, I imagine much like that first Godzilla movie, there's probably going to be a lot more of, you know, suspenseful, you know, discreet, visuals we're not going to see the full monsters doing i, I don't expect a, a monster battle every you know every 15 seconds it's gonna be far in between but i think when we do see them it's gonna look fantastic like if that if that one image is anything to go by it's just like it looks it looks like a movie this is gonna be pumped it's gonna be pumped for this well you're gonna to get to watch it weekly but it's interesting what they're doing here so i mean the movies are Warner Brothers, aren't they? So Warner Brothers are doing the movies. Apple is doing the TV series, you know, in association with Warner Brothers, just like with Ted Lasso. But then DC Comics, they're putting out Godzilla versus Justice League comics, and it's the <laughs> font from the Godzilla and Kong movies. So it's really interesting what they're doing with the with the MonsterVerse. So, you know, they're continuing to put movies on the big screen, Small screen with Apple comic books. Yeah, I'm here for it. It looks it looks pretty. Yeah, like my excitement level has gone has gone on because he again my whole stance was like, how the hell you know how good could it look? It's TV even you know even with a bit of a budget. So far, looks good. Can't wait to see some footage to really hone it in. Um, look, last story here: a 13 Ghost series is in early development. The series would be. 13 episodes that explore the ghosts from the 2001 remake. We've got Dark Castle Entertainment already on board to I guess, bring this to life. Ooh. This is the one that's got me excited, really excited. Now, there is so much cheese to that 2001 movie. It was the time in the early noughties where we were getting these CG-heavy horror movies <laughs> thinking ghost ship with that phenomenal opening you know we were getting more cg in in horror films but 13 ghosts it's always one that i've enjoyed it's got a fun cast matthew lillard nadia from american pie i'm blanking on her name but she's using <laughs> it as well Nadia from american pie. <laughs> you know who i'm talking about but that was a good movie but at the same time you had people trapped in the house and it was, you know, like, what, 90 minutes? Like, a, you know, fairly, you know, short-ish runtime. And that was it. What this show is said to be doing is having each episode of the 13-episode season focus on a different ghost that is trapped in that house. Yes. Because we didn't get too much of that because it was a fast-paced, early noughties horror film they can spend time on these characters here to find out what happened Actually, before they were trapped. Makes sense. It makes sense, doesn't, doesn't it? it? What I would kind of expect would maybe be like a 14-episode thing where you have the 13 episodes, one focusing on each, and then like the, the 14th finale episode kind of wrapping up whatever overarching story is going on. But Ah, maybe the last episode. Maybe. 13 works. I'm happy with 13. And You're happy with that? Uh, yeah, it's in the title. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I had to check. <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth. There you go. Nadia from America. You know what? Got, as soon as you said it, I'm like, yes, of course. Good stuff. Uh, 
Oh, well, look, that's that's it for all the news. But as we always like to wrap up with, we've got a, a couple of recommends to share with you. So what have you got for us? What I'm currently watching and loving, I'm fairly confident you've recommended it already. Hmm. History of the sitcom. Yeah, maybe. Or I just recommended it to you off air. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I, I've got to back up anyway. I've got to back up. But I will recommend that as well then. History of the sitcom. Here in Australia, it's available, SBS On Demand, fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. It goes through all the history of the sitcom, the different type of sitcom, sitcom about family, about friends, high concepts. It's all in there. That's how you learned about Mick and Morty. Morty no, 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 I knew, I knew, no, 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 I did know that you already. Know, you know? Rick and Morty. No, not Rick and Morty, Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. Oh my God. My it, God. I mean, they do they do talk about it. I mean, I knew that already, but history of the sitcom is fantastic. It really is yeah. fantastic. But I did think you recommended it already. So my actual recommendation. Sure no, no, no. Just stick with that because I don't think I have. Just stick it. Save it. Save it for your next one. You can't have two. Oh, oh, well, okay. I will say. Oh man. Okay. Oh, I was all set to go. I will. I will do that then. I'll recommend history. Oh, okay. History of the sitcom. Talk about small. Seven, eight episodes. <laughs> I think seven episodes. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. But um, it really is great. It it really is, and it's going through like the early ages. I mean, if I'm honest, it's mainly US based, but they do touch on. Uh, like the UK office, but only because they want to talk about the US office. But, um, <laughs> like, and yeah. Fleabag, honestly, you know, they bring up um, Fleabag. So there's a couple yeah. of English shows in there, but it very much is a US angle. But, yeah. and, and you know what? They're talking about sitcoms that, honestly, I have never heard of before in my life. <laughs> I've never heard of these sitcoms. But um, it's I, great. I found, I found they, they talked about a few that I had heard of. I had no idea what the hell they were. And it's sort of like, you know, when they go into it, they're talking the cultural angle to how things change, how audiences were receiving comedy, you know, like things being delivered, you know, couples sleeping together in the same bed. Madness. Kind that was madness. the Flintstones. The Flintstones was the first time on television mm. you saw a married couple in bed together. Yeah. Anyway. So just as as, as comedy changed, oh, the – remember how I once mentioned the jumping of the shark? Came from Happy Days, and you was Fonzie because literally, literally jumping a shark. You know the the yes. bottle. You know the the TV bottle episode came from Star Trek. Oh, right, yeah, to save to save, save money. Moolahs. Okay, well, oh. it wasn't my intent, but there we go. I'm going to recommend History of the. Right, it's a good. I want to watch it again. I'm kind of like you know. I don't want to revisit it. That was a that was a fun little ride. Um, speaking of rides, um, my recommend is Joyride. You probably didn't watch it. It was out in cinemas for a bit. You probably missed it. But this is this is a fantastic movie. Uh, rude, crude, just just the filth. Bring on the filth. This is great. This is this is like similar to like The Hangover, except with a, a group of Asian chicks. Like you've got these. You got these uh, Ashley Park, Sherry Cola, Stephanie Sue, Sabrina Wu. They're on this uh, journey through. Where do they go? So they go, but they go to China. I was going to say where they end up next, but I, that's probably a bit of a spoiler. But they're in China and just 
antics and crazy shit happen. There's there's a lot of heart and drama to it. Friendship, you know, like friendships developing, friendships breaking down, get back together. Um, and it's not the movie's not afraid to celebrate, you know, like women, you know, getting promiscuous and enjoying themselves and you know the fruit of all of that. That there's genuinely some funny laughs. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like especially like if you if you're well rehearsed and like you know having an Asian family or an Asian background, there's a lot of jokes in relation to that where I'm just like, yeah, like just nailing it. This is a fun. I would say I'm gonna just because it's stupid, but this is a fun ride. This movie, so definitely recommend it. Directed by Adele Lim, um, I think was one of the co-writers of Crazy Rich Asians, I believe, or that could be one of the producers. I don't know. Doesn't matter. It's a great film. Joyride. Go watch it. That's my recommend. And I'm going to take you up on that. I'm planning on watching it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Well, you might have missed it in the cinemas. You'll have to wait until it pops up somewhere on streaming. I'm pretty sure it's available already. Um, early access. Purchase it. Oh, expensive, expensive. All right. Uh, well, that's it for another episode of that film stew. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Strays and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Heart of Stone. Thanks for joining us for another round of movie and TV news. You've been listening to Jason. And you've been listening to Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.